<laughs> Let's go! Let's go! Yo, this Yodel kid is fucking huge. He is on fire. Um, wow, that's a fire song. Maybe that's what we gotta do. I eh? just go perform in Walmart. I was thinking about it. Your local Walmart will get you famous these days. Yo, this Yodel kid, he's at like eight or eight or nine hundred thousand followers. I was just looking at that earlier. His What's Instagram he at? account. Oh fuck! I think it was just under nine hundred thousand. Dude, that I when I checked like two days ago, he was at seven hundred fifty thousand. So he's like blowing the fuck up. Wow. Um. Okay. Well. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Special guest this week. <laughs> Too many yodels. A show about all things yodeling, boy. <laughs> no, this uh, this episode we got um, our friend who lives with in the same building as my sister and her fiance. His name is Jonathan. He goes by Johnny Drinks on Instagram, and he's a sommelier and an all around super knowledgeable guy. Yes, uh, it was a super cool episode, actually. Um, you know, if any of you out there are as, uh, you know, struggling to pick wines or sort out some drinks and stuff like we are and don't know very much, you know, just hop in. right in, hop right in. And, uh, Johnny breaks it all down for us. Cause like on our show, like we're a show about all things 20 year old. And I'd say this is a, a big 20 year old issue. Not a lot of us know what the hell to do at restaurants at the LCBO. We kind of just go through based on price and this. This guy kind of paints having a uh, having taste in a cool manner, you know what I mean? And I like it. I'm yeah, into it. Totally. It's uh, it's cool to expand your palate, have a little bit of knowledge of where of uh, of wine and liquors. And what you're we go into it all. But anyway, yeah. uh, also the perfect episode to announce the winners of our two fours. Sorry, we're a little late on this one, but it uh, it's happening today. So. Fire up the name generator, the okay. name selector. And uh, if you're noticing, if I'm going to say this beforehand, if the same person wins this as won our last event, <laughs> it's because they're the only goddamn people commenting on all our podcasts. So don't hate us for not participating in these like super easy to win challenges. All right, so we have like four names in this one. <laughs> the four, the four names are in uh, no specific order: Cole, Kristen, James, and Alex. One of those people is going to win a 2-4 for themselves and the person they tagged. So I'm going to hit this random name picker, and I swear to God if it's Kristen. <laughs> I don't, I, all right. We're picking another one. <laughs> no, she said she'd kill me if I did that, but um, okay, here we oh. go. Alex. Alex! Whoa, 2-4s. You got yourself a 2-4 for yourself and Jeff Roberts. Let's nice, go. Nice, nice. Um, that will be delivered uh, well, actually, we'll we'll do the same thing as last time we did the giveaway and reach out to us directly. Well, yeah, and we'll um, coordinate. It, it's either going to be two things a Heineken or maybe a Heineken and, and something else that Heineken owns, like Tecate or Tiger. Um, but we'll hook you guys up with two two fours. And you know, if you listen to this episode, you're going to also learn about wines and spirits. So let's uh, let's fucking get into it. Jam on, Trav. Jam on, Wayne. Let's go. Holy shit, I hate those guys. Somebody help these twenty. It's time to figure it out, Ricky. Don't touch me. Don't fucking touch me. I mean, yeah, I, I, 
did go to a game on Monday and heckle the pitcher, and he heard me. Yeah, I've heard this before, right? You were convinced that some guy in Texas when you're at the MLB game down there remembered your chirps after like months. Yeah, he was like 38 <laughs> and I was like Well, like when you went to another game in Toronto? Yeah, so the oh, fuck, I forget who the guy's name was, but he played for Seattle. And so they played in Texas when I saw them, and then they played in Toronto and I saw them. Are you them. a Seattle fan? Is that no, oh, okay. just coincidence. Like okay. obviously, the one game I went to in Texas, it was Seattle. Yeah, it was a it was a buddy's bachelor trip, and then I went to many games in Toronto, and Seattle came through, and he was, uh, you know, like like old for the game, like older than Jose Batista is now, and he was still playing. And and uh, you're convinced he remembered your your heckles. So you're heckling. I'm them? convinced that he remembered when the Ten Commandments were written. That's how old he is. <laughs> like that's that's the kind of trips. I, like he was at Jesus's birthday party, you know, when they were wearing those like gold diapers. So like we were at the Jays game a couple weeks back, and I remember you telling me the story, and I'm like, no way he remembers your chirps. And now you're saying that this pitcher definitely heard your chirps the other day at the Jays so, game. So I think his name is uh, Ezekiel. Or no, Angle. Angle for the White Sox, okay. the center fielder. Yeah, yeah. So I went around to get... Uh, so the thing about drinking and like being... Um, like caring about what you drink, I can't drink like Coors Light or like Labatt Blue. You made me Your walk to too four... sophisticated. Yeah, he made no. me walk to fucking four different beer yeah, stands exactly. at the Sky Dome just to get... Or whatever it's called now, just to get a more hoppy, flavorful beer. So Do they even have... Yeah, they have a lot of Goose Island, but Goose Island's a little bit too like malty for me. So I went around to the Budweiser uh, WestJet Beer Gardens or whatever that mm. is in the outfield. And so when I was there, I was like, oh, the, the center fielder's right there. So I started on him, and I could tell because he started fidgeting. And he the the photo they put up, Engel, he looks like a, an NSYNC Justin Timberlake. Adam Engel? Yeah, and I mean, you know, we've got a bad reputation for using like... Throwing water bottles and throwing water bottles. Yeah. Oh, he's fucked up. Look at that guy. <laughs> and that's like a new version. But like, he I was a like, a ringer for Timberlake. Eh? Oh yeah. Well, he's got like a twenty-one-year-old like beard. You know, like yeah, when you're like, like a, I'm not too even stubborn. twenty-one, like seventeen, and you yeah. just matured faster than your friends. Like a Quebec mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like but a, but a twelve-year-old's Quebec mustache. <laughs> well, okay, that is, that that's a really good introduction because today we're joined with Jonathan, who actually lives in the same house uh like their apartment is right next to my sister and damien's place and uh he is a sommelier but more of like a bro sommelier i'd say like he's he's kind of i would say like your neighborhood sommelier like peter parker you know like the peter parker of sommeliers in fact i'm approachable he's on instagram as johnny drinks uh no no h with no h which i think is a check him out check him out i think that's a we'll link him in the show notes yeah that's a dope uh instagram he's a bromelier and i think you should add that to your uh instagram description uh yeah i i don't know what the what the right uh terminology is but I think that people are intimidated by sommeliers, and I think the the new wave of people are just trying to be shepherds. Uh, you're you're shepherd to a good time. I got you, and that, that that's I think that's a good way to put it because today's show is kind of about the fact that you know being in your twenties, you get caught up with a lot of things that you think are important, and they probably are, but then we forget about some of the basics. You know what I mean, like. I don't know a damn thing about 
wine, liquor, beer, culture. In fact, some would say I don't even have a palate. <laughs> I, I mean, actually told him that the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've, I've been I've been told that by many people, and I think I think having you on here would be just a great way to start the dialogue. You know, just kind of take us through also a very cool career, um, and you also have a lot of great life advice. So I think this would be a total package episode. Um, where do we start? How, like, take us through your story. Like, you're, you're, you're clearly a knowledgeable guy on everything, and you do a lot of cool, we can go kind of top down here. Um, you have a really cool job. Like, you, you work with restaurants, creating their drink experience, like cocktails, wines, and you work at a, a couple really cool places, helping them navigate their, their wine menus, and you also work for agencies selling wine. It's a cool job. Like, you have a, you have a pretty cool career, but... Um, and we'll get a lot of information out of you on wines and stuff. We have a lot of questions. Like I want to know some things that I want to ask a bromalia a few questions. You know what I mean? And uh, but I want to know how the hell you got here. Like where did where did you st- take me from? Like high school to here in like a, a little summer. Honestly, I I, I mean it, it's definitely a, a bit of chance and putting yourself in opportunities to see what happens and and making the most of them. But I mean, when I was in high school, I was. Uh, you know, a lot of people are lucky and they have an idea of what they want to do. And then maybe they don't end up being that, but at least they're, they, they venture down that path. I had no clue what I wanted to do. And, and, uh, you know, I'm a little bit older and I was at that crux where, uh, technology was really coming in and people were like, parents were losing jobs because they were too old at 40. You know, they wanted 30 year olds. They didn't want 20 year olds. They didn't want 40 year olds. No one wants 20 year olds. I'll yeah. tell you that. That hasn't changed. <laughs> well, uh, well, yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, sorry. That's, there's a, a bunch of different ways yeah, we can go. Professional, there. I mean, in a professional capacity. Um, I would say that, uh, you know, I I got turned on to sort of marketing and that and that sort of thing and, and a couple of silly commercials like Barks Root Beer, where there's this blind guy and he was like, had some barks and he's like i can see and like (laughs) that just tapped into my silliness and i was like i want to make commercials and you know i was like there's there's just this this like lack of humility that 20 year olds have that they're like yeah i'm gonna conquer the world like i'm totally gonna be able to do that Mm -hmm. and i don't want to necessarily put in all the work that needs to happen yes that's a big thing they can conquer the world but you have to work hard it's it's like yeah it's daunting so i mean I was on that tip of like the anxiety that comes with not knowing what you want to do and how to do it. And there's no roadmap and it's great to see like what's available now, but then it was like dial up internet. And like, honestly, it's like the difference of 20 years, but it's crazy. Right. Because you had this exact idea with your friends that we're doing right now with this podcast, but you had to, you you were going to do a magazine cause that was what was available at the yeah. time. Yeah. So we were going to, so when I was, uh, so I went anyways. Yeah, I took continue. some advice from a from a high school uh, teacher to go to this program for media communications and marketing, uh, which was a great program. But I got uh, led down the sexy side of creative advertising, which is it's like hella hard. Like to yeah. be that one two percent of the people who are creating amazing uh, programs. And a buddy of mine actually works for. Uh, a top agency and like to see all his awards on his desk and how clever he is it's like inspiring but it also justified your decisions a little bit yeah like if I was a little bit smart smarter or like um, you know 
I, I would have probably focused on the account side or, or whatever. Right, because you're kind of sales and personality. I, I, I'm just, I'm a Gemini, so I'm able to see both sides of the equation. And I think that most people hate on Geminis for being two-faced, they say, or like just split personalities. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's actually the ability to be able to see both sides of the equation and, and mediate that is useful. But See both sides like Chanel. The yeah, Frank Ocean Frank Ocean reference, reference. right? <laughs> Sorry to keep throwing curveballs at you. <laughs> I got called out by my girlfriend last night for like not knowing a bunch of, uh, I I mean hip hop culture references. Hip hop was yeah. was big for me, and I and I and she's like, stop asking what genre this is. Like it just <laughs> is this music, and I'm like, okay, but it's not hip hop. <laughs> um, so I ended up uh, I ended up whatever trying to get a job in in toronto and ottawa and i ended up needing to pay some bills so i got a job in a restaurant they made me learn about wine and while trying to support your this marketing dream still after graduating yeah Yeah. so i i i I linked up with quite a few people that were on the entrepreneurial side and we start we had this idea to uh pitch a magazine for people in their 20s like it was like called upwardly mobile or something sounds so familiar and you're saying this was like 15 to 17 years ago (laughs) yeah i guess that sounds like a long ass time ago it feels like five years ago but yeah it would have been early 2000s yeah when it's people just started having yeah. cell phones at like 12 and uh, pay phones started phasing out. And and this wasn't just because it was a good idea. Was it also because you guys were also trying to figure things out? Yeah. Like I yeah. think, you know, it was just at that cusp where like the the structure of what you could do with your life, it was not like chasing a gold watch and, mm-hmm. and, and getting retirement. A, a retirement, like getting a pension from your employer. Like that was all crumbling. And so... I mean, it's a super daunting thing when you're trying to figure out like how to talk to a girl or like get a guy to call you back and then take that to the next level and like get a job or like figure out what you're going to do with your career. When things are changing so rapidly. Yeah. Like it's crazy what's, what's happening now. Like, I mean, what are, what are like my nephews who are 12 and five, like, what are they going to do? He watches like They're videos gonna... on how to build Lego, and I would just stare there, like stand there staring at my Lego, being like, "Fuck, what am I gonna do with this?" <laughs> and he could just watch like a YouTube on how to build a dinosaur out of it. And like, is that not the best job you could ever have? Is just like building Lego it is on a real YouTube? Job. Yeah, like like that, like YTV personalities are now just like, yeah, I've got a YouTube channel and I build Lego. Well, that's what this whole podcast is about: the fact that you can literally, because of technology, you can get a job doing anything, like. If you really but wanted, nothing. but nothing at the same time. If you were really passionate and you really wanted to have a job about giving high fives to people, you could literally start a high five YouTube yeah, channel. Like how to look at someone's elbow, yeah. and follow through, and then and then compilations of you high fiving strangers could go viral. And next thing you know, you're a paid high fiver. So then you sit here and you're like, "What the fuck am I gonna do that that I'm passionate about?" Because you can do anything. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of this was about narrowing it down into certain things that you have advantages in. I think the fact that you were able to narrow it down to wine is a bit of a reflection of that journey. Yeah, I, th- I think I didn't even necessarily narrow it down. I just got turned on to wine and uh, and it was an easier thing for me to sell than convincing someone to shampoo three times a day. 
and and you know what I, far, I first started really noticing is people would go to a restaurant and not really know what they were doing like do they need to spend a hundred dollars or can they spend sixty dollars and like we were talking about earlier it's all about if you're if you want a napa cab or if you what want was that sorry if you want a napa cab a napa cab cab okay so uh, uh cabernet sauvignon is the grape from napa in california is like i want a house in forest sale so if you want that specific thing, it's very hard to find that at a lesser price. Because there's a lot of people that want the same thing. So supply and demand, that house is going to be hard to get. It's going to be expensive. Yeah. If you have a million dollars, you're probably not looking for a house in Forest Hill. No. You're looking for like, a room. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like maybe. A box. A box. <laughs> maybe you can get a room in the garage. So it's the same thing in going to a restaurant. If you want to spend 60 bucks, like don't look to California because you're going to get a room in a house like yeah look to spain look to uh other things so i i got i found like that was sort of uh a worthy uh use of my time and then i was also able to you know do other ventures i was i, I started to rest uh a website with uh some djs and we put up set lists and you could download that so uh, you were trying to tie your marketing training still back into uh, yeah, the arts, wine arts and, and that sort of thing so was it kind of like a, a slow transition like were you kind of like pulling everything you know what i mean like you had your, your side hustle and your marketing and then over time they started to blend into what you're doing now you'd say or yeah so one thing i always wanted to do and and uh sat down with my parents at dinner and i was living in ottawa and my dad was like did you know that ottawa is the second coldest capital in the world He's like, we need to get the fuck out. <laughs> He's like, winters suck here. And I was like, winter's yeah. coming. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he put me in touch with a cousin of mine who lived in Bermuda and she had uh, worked in advertising world. She put me in touch with someone else who uh, did uh, restaurant hiring. Cool. One thing led to another and I was walking into taking over a wine program of 400 bottles, award winning list. And I knew one wine on the list. At what age was this? 24 so 25. you were thrust into i rocked up i had a work permit and like that was it and they were like here's the wines give me a, a, a 30 minute overview of how to find the wine and then he and the owner was like okay so go talk to my buddy over there he wants a wine and, I, and it was sink or swim moment yeah you had no idea i, I knew something but i the thing about wine that i'm constantly reminded is you the more you know, the less you know. Like you just keep yeah, finding out cool. that you don't know anything. And I, I mean, I'm sure that's the same in any profession. Like the more you dig down, the more you realize how much more you can learn about that profession or sector of life. So uh, it was a sink or swim moment and I spent, I don't know, like uh, 10 hours a day in restaurants and another four to five hours like just researching and reading and consuming myself with something, which I think was great for me at that time in my life because being distracted with trying to do a bunch of different things was good, but it wasn't getting me anywhere in any of those things. Mm -hmm. And being able to focus in and just dig down, and I ended up working you know, 12 shifts a week uh, for the first time where you know, people in restaurants are often like begging for shifts, working three, four shifts. 
I, th- that was it. I was, you know, I was salary. I worked as much as I wanted and I, I got out of it what I put into it. And I think that was a great thing for me in my early twenties to mid twenties to learn. And, uh, you, the more you scratch at things, the more people notice your, your drive and what you're doing. And they, I don't know, just opportunities come out of things. You, you said this philosophy to me and, and it's one that, that I totally believe in, but the getting in, you know, getting out, sorry, what you put in, people don't apply that to everything. They say, oh yeah, like that's school or networking, but you're saying like what what you're doing, even if you're just a, a weekend bartender or you're walking dogs, like do everything you're doing well and more will come out of it. Absolutely. And I think I worked in Australia and they take uh, service industry as a real profession and it's something that uh, you know the, their restaurants in Sydney and Melbourne are at an extreme level, and I think the states as well, where you've got people who are like, so I'm a sommelier. It's uh, you know people have watched the documentary Psalm. Like, there's a lot to learn, and mm-hmm. there's it's really intense. I've watched that. It's yeah. cool. Do you do you think that um, people in Canada don't take people in the hospitality industry as seriously as other places in the world? Um, that's probably, uh, like a topic that could be its own podcast. I think that it's, it's, I think the people in restaurants don't, here's what I think. There's a ton of restaurants in Toronto alone and they continue to grow and there's so many restaurants and not enough talent to fill them that you're surrounded by people that maybe aren't great at their job or aren't in it for the same reasons because it's, it's a, it's an easy way to make money. Why do the people. majority of people our age work at restaurants, coffee shops, and bars? It's to save up money to travel. It's an easy job to get because there's a lot of openings there. It's a side hustle. It opens up a lot of the week to do stuff. And you, you get down the list and only somewhere down the line is there someone that goes, I'm passionate about the service industry, hospitality, food. And totally. You're, yeah. And you're, you were saying that no matter what, you are on that list taking your job seriously is is going to be a benefit Those because aspects. yeah people don't understand the advantages of like working at these bars and stuff you're working right with the owners you're working right with people and yet you show up to work and you have fuck i gotta work for four hours they don't even let me drink on the job instead of being like you know what why don't i just do good at whatever i do and see what comes out of it even though you don't want to be a bartender maybe you never know what that might lead to. You might it's building good habits, building good habits. Yeah. yeah. You, so being the best of what you can, and you can explore that in any business you're doing. Like a restaurant is a business. It's a, it's like, you know, if you want to be, we had a, a guy who was a, a server assistant or a busboy, whatever mm-hmm. your, your reference point is. And he was in school for accounting. So like he did his internship with us, uh, handling cash. Um, people who are doing social media, I think, is, is something that right. there's a relation there where you work in a restaurant and you handle the social media aspect and you're building a portfolio of what you're doing. Uh, photography, taking food photos. So whatever your side passion is or whatever your your other thing is, building those habits of, of showing up for the job, being the best, being reliable, being accountable, is something that you can apply to your next job. I, I love that. I, I, I think that's great advice. You actually kind of remind me of this this advice I got from, I don't remember his name, but I used to I used to be a, a car detailer. That was one of the businesses I started with a friend when I was in university. And one of the guys who's 
we were detailing his Porsches and stuff, and he wanted us to go do a photo shoot in front of uh, a home he just built because he was a home builder. And I was talking to him, and he was telling me about how he came to uh, Canada in a freight container, and he almost died in the journey. <laughs> like wow. crazy stuff. Um, and I was like, clearly, he told the story a hundred times because his girlfriend or wife was just like, like rolling her eyes. But right. he told me this one piece of advice, and he said. Uh, he got it from his mom, and this is the whole mantra he built his entire success here on. He said, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you're the lowest of the low. It doesn't matter if you're a window cleaner. He said, if you get the corners of the window, you'll be successful. And like basically he was just saying is like that's just how you look at any problem. If you're willing details. to if you're willing to do the work and do it right, you can be the best goddamn window cleaner and, and make a million bucks getting all the clients because every other window cleaner isn't doing their job well, they're missing the corners. And I just applied that to a lot of things. And I told Robbie about this, we'd be working and there would come a point where he might be like, let's just leave that. And I'm like, or let's just get the fucking corners. You know what I mean? I, I hear Trav in my head sometimes now, anytime I want to just kind of <laughs> pass over something. Like, cause you want to be lazy. To get like, the corners. <laughs> you you want to, you want to do that when it comes to everything, but it, it's, it's a difference of 10 extra seconds can make, the entire project you know more complete more professional and people notice that and then next thing you know as you said maybe they're like you know what when he offers to do the, the accounting or when they offer to do the photography you go you know what i remember this is a person who, who who works hard tries hard has done a lot for me and that opens up so many more doors and uh, i think i think people can learn a lot from that advice yeah and i uh I, we were talking about this earlier i can't remember what the exact reference was but i think I've had to get over my um, ability to like be useful and and practice those skills versus getting paid for them. And sometimes you don't get paid, and sometimes you do get um, you know those early on positions where I just put in 125. percent I wasn't worried about whether that was going to pay me immediately. Like mm -hmm. maybe I was putting in free labor, but the ability to to prove to myself that I could do it was something that was worth just as much as an extra 20 bucks a week. So kind of take us through where that led to from that from that place down south where you got that first job that you're thrust into this world. Kind of take us to where that led to. So uh, Bermuda went to Australia. I was looking up posi positions um, that I could make a decent uh, living working in wine. And Australia was pretty big there. Uh, also because you wanted to travel is that is yeah that... absolutely yeah, so okay. I, I, I one of my like I don't know my dad made me write like five things you wanted to do before you were 30 cool. when I was like early 20s and you know I wouldn't say I'm a goal setter but like I my dad was force feeding me that stuff and I looked at it and I was like okay these are all still relevant mm -hmm. and one of them was to travel Southeast Asia I don't know what it was. It was just super exotic and I really wanted to go there. So I went to Australia and worked uh, for a year to save money to to travel through Southeast Asia. Uh, but when I was there, I landed and it took me a month to find a job. I was like, it was a real struggle. Like I used the Apple store as my office. and Really? <laughs> yeah. It was like pretty handy. Free, like 
a good computer, free, <laughs> free internet. The like, new computers. Use all the, the computers time. there. Oh yeah, for sure. That's amazing. And I, and I, I think like I wasn't the only one. I would definitely recognize. You're like, like, hey, Tony, <laughs> yeah. get just another day at the office, right? <laughs> yeah, like you know, I'm not hitting up those uh, the hostels or wherever I was staying. So, mm. um, it took me. You know, I was a qualified person working in wine, and it took me a month to find a job, and it was first like the lazy part of like applying to two places dropping off your resume then i was applying 10 places a day cool and it was i mean it was definitely hard and and like emotionally crappy to you were applying for a sommelier position i was applying for a busboy job i was applying for a cafe waiter anything anything in the hospitality so i finally got uh obviously once it rains it pours i got three interviews within a week and one of them was uh the best restaurant in Australia, and they ranked on the top 50. Uh, there's a San Pellegrino, mm-hmm. uh, best restaurants in the world list, and there's a top 100, and then there's a top 50, which was sort of the, the creme de la creme. And, in the world. In the world. So we ended up being 44th on the on the top 50, which was pretty great. Wow. And it was like, it was, it was a big thing because, you know, most people that work in the restaurant industry love that rush. And usually if that rush is happening, you're not in control of your environment. And there it was all about being in control and uh, like very... Like every ingredient was under control, every every part of the experience. Yeah, we used a a pencil and a piece of paper. You would have to write down the time you ordered your next course and what time the next course was delivered. And the manager would just go through and, and it was a clipboard and scan the whole thing to and and immediately knew everything that was happening in the restaurant there was like a step for everything and it was it was crazy like how organized the whole experience was and that's the level that's how you get to top 50 in the world uh the level of professionalism you're talking about that sometimes lacks in bustling cities that are growing restaurants like crazy oh sure or any business really and you you were the wine guy at this restaurant yeah what what job did you apply for so uh i started off as like a food runner Cause oh, like, really? Because, yeah, they were like, okay, that's great. So we're going to put you on this station, and then you're going to advance. And so there was uh, – usually you had like a three or four table section with one waiter and one sommelier. Mm-hmm. And they – you worked that experience. And so uh, it was it like – so it, it was – I mean, it was great. You looked out on the Harbor uh, Bridge and the Opera House, and then on like – Oftentimes there'd be fireworks in the in the Sydney Harbor, and it was pretty, you know, people were dropping. This was a bougie place, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It so was. Y- you started as a, a exactly as a, a food server or a food assistant, waiter's assistant, and you did exactly what you just told us to do. You you took your job seriously. You told them about your interests, and you eventually did such a good job that they allowed you to take on more responsibility. And where did that get to you at that restaurant? Yeah, so I had already been running wine programs at that pro- right that, that portion and and been a manager. And so they, you know, you you progress through two weeks of of learning the food and and being able to drop it. I mean, the the chocolate cake had eight layers and thirty ingredients, and you knew them all. Uh it was it was challenging. <laughs> list, them, yeah. list them right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was like things, and and you're working on the other side of the world, so an abalone. Like, what the hell is an what abalone? What is that? <laughs> uh, it's yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's like you a, still don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, it's uh, it's kind of like a massive scallop. 
Um, and then, so then I was also trying to learn, uh, learn wine and it was great. I worked with, uh, sort of an amazing group of people that, uh, went on to become master sommeliers and, and stuff like that. And then I came back to, I worked in Berlin for a bit, traveled through Southeast Asia, which was amazing. Um, and I think, you know, everyone says it's a cliche, but getting out and traveling and seeing the world and putting yourself in positions of struggle, like there was a. I was I was broke. Like you go through being broke and what and what and using that, Apple stores as offices. Yeah, and like how are you going to survive? And you you learn different survivor skills that you don't have when your parents are are like around the corner. Like you know, being getting money wired to you, it still takes a week. <laughs> so, you got to eat. <laughs> yeah, and you got to eat. And uh, you mentioned master sommelier there. Yeah, that's the the highest level, right? In that's song, like that's like being a top notch uh, neurosurgeon. Yeah, like the, I mean, that's what they're going for in the movie, right? Yeah, they're in going song? for that. And the, and I worked with uh, Jennifer Huther, who was uh, first female sommelier in in Canada and the third uh, master sommelier, and yeah. she um, she was in that movie. She, oh, no and, and they were like, "Oh, do you want to like? Do you want to be a part of this movie?" And she's like, "Are you fucking kidding me? This is like a hard ass exam. I do not need to be like videotaped. Videotape <laughs> taking this exam. Yeah. Has that ever been a goal of yours to get that designation? Um, that's a super expensive thing, and you're talking about hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to invest what? into that to 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 go through that process to get through that. And I and I. You know, I, I struggled with like continuing on and you see the dedication that those guys are putting through. And I think all of them, like their their women ended up their relationships ended up ending. Really? They like got their masters or, or whatever and then that was it. Like their girls were like, I'm not gonna leave you now, but I will be leaving you soon. <laughs> Does it pay off? So you yeah, put that much sure, into it, sure. and then afterwards, be, uh, uh, being I would a say, sommelier. you know, in a lifetime, <laughs> putting twenty grand away uh, in an, a savings plan and like investing that is probably a better use of your or putting one hundred fifty grand oh, <laughs> in investing yeah, exactly. that. Well, well, I mean, like, does it pay well afterwards? I mean, it be, pays well, but uh, I don't know how much more you get paid to, yeah. to whether that breaks that even. Do you have do you have that same um, or like can you try wines do blind tastings and stuff and oh yeah tell yeah, them where they're where they're, what region they're from and that's the whole essence and that's you know that's something that you fine tune and you train but yeah yeah I mean on a basic level if if you brought me four wines I could probably figure them out that's cool. what we should have done no oh, well it's <laughs> well, it's a Sunday morning so, or it's Sunday <laughs> early afternoon I think the best we could do right now is a shot of Esplon. Oh, but the one thing you reminded me about, first of all, yeah, let's do a shot of Esplone. Um, should I just airmail you this bottle here? Or? So, so wait, are we just gonna shoot this from the bottle? Or yeah. do you have glasses? Are we glass, are we glassing it? I like bottles. <laughs> <laughs> just is that, is that below you? Difference of 20s, yeah, uh, no, it's cool. Um, get, mean, no, get this bro Molly Maybe glass. we'll just use the, uh, the glasses. So let's just take a short break here to appreciate um, this tequila with a expert. Okay, so here's the other thing. Uh, the Europeans say you've got to look each other in the eye when you cheers, and uh, we just looked each other in the to, eye, and then you have to drink after. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's good. Is um, this a tequila that you drink? Uh, for sure. 
I think yeah. uh, it's a reposado, which means that uh, it's been aged a little bit in oak, so it adds uh, some creaminess and some vanilla, some oak, and it just rounds it out. Yeah, I got all those notes as well. Did you? Yes. <laughs> I'm just checking my notepad here. I had vanilla... Oak, yes, right there. <laughs> I'm tastes like the stairs. Yeah, it tastes like. <laughs> is there an equivalent to a sommelier for like spirits and stuff, or what is the equivalent? Uh, you know, I worked with a guy who was the only tequilier, and uh, yeah. So part of being a sommelier is spirits, sake. Yeah, beer, that's, that was going to be another storage. question of mine. That does that all sort of uh, like like they teach you all that stuff yeah. as well as becoming a sommelier. Yeah, so you have to learn when when I was taking it, it was just when it was sort of uh, changing the era. You had to learn like all these weird whack things and like weird cocktails, like horse's neck. <laughs> okay. What is a horse's I'm neck? I'm gonna make a note you of this. You peel a whole lemon, like with the thin strip, and yeah. you take that whole thing and you put it in like a cider or like whatever, and it hangs out. So it looks like a horse's neck. <laughs> Fuck. There was another one with uh, equal parts Guinness and champagne. No way. And what's that called? Uh, I forget. Goulash. But now it's 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 often used with um, cider and Guinness. Yeah. So. We can Google it. We can yeah. put it in the show notes. We can just Google that. We don't have to like get it out an encyclopedia like when I was a kid. Yeah, but. Um, I totally lost track. We're going to Google that champagne pause. Guinness one. Um, um, but no, we were going to go back. Um, so well, let's, first things first, how do we appreciate this? How do I how do I take this tequila properly? Because I'm very tempted to put the rest of this in my face. Uh, okay, so there's a couple things on how to taste. And um, like maybe we're, we're putting the car to, in front of the horse, but we can just uh, talk about it and then we can sort of start from the beginning but when i always say to people to use references that mean something to you because i mean when you get to the next level like you're using notes that we all agree on and it's and it's agreed lexicon so that we can understand each other standardize it yeah yeah like when you look at a color it's not the same but if i tell you what you're looking at is this color then we all agree upon it. And the same with like smelling and tasting things. So do I know what tar tastes like? No, but I've tasted something in wine and we all agree that that's what, tar that's yeah. what you get from tar. I know Robbie's tasted tar. Um, and tar and tobacco. <laughs> no, when, and when you hit the asphalt <laughs> that hard, I think you taste a little bit of tar. <laughs> yeah. when you hit the, that. Oh, fuck. Robbie falls out. a lot, but... Um, so yeah, so there's like you know certain berries, but you can talk about uh, raspberries, for instance. You buy raspberries right now; they're kind of not really tasting like much, or they're underripe, or they're overripe. Uh, so you're looking for those things, and like you have a you sort of you have a background knowledge of the ingredients or stuff that's used to flavor each of these spirits and stuff for sure so you're kind of looking for those things yeah and i've also built a muscle memory of what like a lime like scratch and sniff like what a lime zest Mm -hmm. smells like yeah um what the flesh of a lime is like difference in citruses so lemon lime grapefruit um passion fruit is something you get a lot in uh, new zealand sauvignon blanc uh passion fruit and green bell peppers 
Crazy. are something that are pretty like and passion fruit's a super aggressive tart thing but this you're getting a lot of oak uh which is baking spices like cinnamon cardamom nutmeg uh vanillin i'm getting a shitload of i'm gonna be honest i've been huffing on this for a little bit i'm getting a shitload of vanilla from the top end of the glass but then when i smell the bottom end and when i say the bottom end into the mic i mean like the glass is tilted so imagine i'm I'm like moving my nose from the top of the glass to the bottom of the glass hole. It smells completely different. Did you just say glass hole? <laughs> I caught that too. <laughs> Is that a new thing? Like the mouth hole? hole of the glass, yeah, yeah. the area you drink out of. If if you were to rest the top of the glass on the top of your nose and then move it up towards the top of your head. Yes, that's yeah. exactly what I'm doing. And it smells different. It's like the bottom smells like chemicals and gasoline. The top smells like vanilla and happiness. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So use words that make something to you. Like it's, you know, it's it's got some warmth to it. It's got a little bit of like, I don't know, molasses cake or sort of like those those baked goods that you get at Christmas. But I mean, it's got a smoother finish to it. I mean, tequila is kind of like pretty random yeah like you're not you don't know you don't really know what you're getting for for 100 agave agave is a plant and it's um you know revered for for making great tequila so you can get a good bottle for 40 bucks and it's better than getting a 25 dollar bottle and you're gonna thank yourself so the cheaper bottles of tequila that aren't 100 percent agave what are the fillers? What what do they use? They can just use anything, like grains and other shitty cheap spirits, like cheap cheap grains to make it like... What they're distilling could be agave and some wheat or like oats or, you know what I mean? It could be anything. Which is whiskey. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. I'm it's more like a quality designate, like we're going to make some, some fine fine garments <laughs> and i'm doing my best to have a palette with this i would just uh not worry too much about it it's just got a better finish than a shitty tequila yeah you know what and it's blown so like just it. a little shout out to splone if you want to sponsor us with tequila this is a second episode we've used it and um great results we'll keep using it forward as yeah. well if you sponsor um, us Splone. <laughs> gets I, you there i guess i should have brought my own sponsors oh yeah who, who sponsors deep. you roll deep with sponsors are you the plug yeah i i, I mean i gotta give a sh- big shout out to my boy marcus with tito's, tito's okay. handmade vodka absolutely. yeah yeah i know that's, a lot of gluten-free girls that get messed up on that stuff yeah gluten-free so here's the other thing is that um all alcohols basically whether it's made from gluten it and i've I mean, I don't want to get into too much of an argument with people, but maybe just do a little bit more research because when it's distilled, that gluten aspect's gone. Uh, listen, Wiki Facts says otherwise, dude. I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I, can you still use Wikipedia as a footnote? And I think it's gotten to the place where Wikipedia is an acceptable citation in high schools, but not universities. I'm yeah, not sure though. People try to reject oh, it so, for the yeah. time. But yeah, no. So you wanted to talk about. Um, we have questions for you. Yeah, yeah. It's the exactly. Yeah. Um, like, let, okay, so we were sort of talking about this in the car. Yeah. Um, I brought this up how I am automatically drawn to California Cabernet Sauvignons because that's what my parents drink. That's what I know. I look I look at that section. So if in the you like California cabs, which most people do, uh, and we talked about it, it's... It, you know, California is a great brand and 
the dollar does not equate here. Like the, like you're not getting the best value. If you're going to spend 20 bucks and go to California, it's not going to be, it's like drinking a $10 bottle from somewhere else. Right. So, so I would look at branch out from that. Or where's some good places to start looking? So or maybe Spain like is, a couple wines that like we can... Like Rioja is a good region in Spain. Ribeiro del Duero. Uh, Spain has that climate that is similar to like California where it's dry, it's warm, it's sunshine. Uh, Spanish people are like, you know, they're living a good life. Mm-hmm. Um, in Rioja, they use American oak. So you're getting that sort of that that glossy effect of uh, that you get in California wine that sort of smooths things out. And um, there's a couple at the LCBO that are often like 12 to 16 bucks that have that sort of fruit forward, smooth, uh, like silky finish. Um, so that would be a good, good opportunity. And you guys have fa- You guys have a Facebook page, right? Like, I can, yeah, yeah. I can just, list some specific things yeah that'd be awesome actually because why this is important is because i think a lot of uh 20 year olds do this and i do it as well i look at what my dad drinks he drinks pinot pinot grigio and when i go to a restaurant and i panic i'm on a date or something i'm looking at the wine list one i'm going for the second cheapest wine because i i think all wine's the same because i have no palate and i don't want to spend 60 bucks um also sorry i'm just getting a phone call here also i only know what my dad drinks and i'm like okay cool i'll get a pinot but i'd like to be able to go on a date and exactly what you just said have a little bit more of a palette so that i can impress my date as well as getting good value and it's not just like throwing shit into the fan and hoping we get a good wine so i think you putting out some sort of exactly what you just said a little bit of a list and also what he said earlier like take that take his recommendations on that that region and that that thing and just do a, a little googling so that you actually have your own kind of understanding. When you go to the restaurant, you can see that region or another region that he's recommended, have a little bit more of an understanding than the average Joe. And you go to the restaurant, you know, you know what? This 16 bottle, a $16 bottle or $26 bottle, it's got this and this, and you're talking your date about it, and you don't look like a cheapo bastard. Also, you're gonna get a, a great wine. <laughs> and, then, and then you can justify your pick too, if you know a little bit what you're talking about in the regions and stuff you can justify it not just based on the price point i would say all great points uh the the point on our side that we always say is a little bit of knowledge is sometimes dangerous okay (laughs) so i always just like even when i go to like taroni for instance there's like i don't know any of those wines Mm -hmm. they import their own wines they're from regions in italy there's 1200 different like indigenous varietals that you don't know like there's no Merlot or Cabernet or Chardonnay from Italy that's comparable other than those grapes. So, I mean, ask ask the person who puts together the list, you know, if you go to a restaurant and they've got a, like a cool looking list that doesn't have a bunch of obvious selections, then ask. That's a trap sometimes though, because they come back 100%. and they go, oh, I really like this bottle. And you and your date look at it and it's like 90 bucks and uh, you're going... Oh yeah, is there anything you like you're looking at him you're like fuck you first of all. So I would say I would say <laughs> I would say the 60 to 70 like 55 to 70 dollar mark in most restaurants is 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 something where you're going to get something decent at the 48 dollar mark you're getting things that people are shopping for price point. Yeah. So it's 
it's sort of of a certain quality. Okay, so wait. So that's a good reach or range, range to look yeah. in. 55 to $70. Because to be honest, yeah. I was just throwing prices out there. I actually can't remember the last time I've purchased wine at a bar. I've been getting cocktails for like the last year. Yes. Yeah, so How much um, you pay for a cocktail? And they're, and they're a lot. 12 it's like to 16? More yeah. like 12 to 20, depending on some places yeah. you go to. That's good. I mean, so I, so the best way to learn about wine is to uh, to go to the LCBO, get like five to eight friends. Uh, everyone bring a bottle of wine or you just go to, together or like whatever. Wine Wednesdays. I've wine had friends Wednesdays. that have done yeah. this before. And you get and and you get to t- try six different wines or like whatever it is. And so depends on how much you want to drink. But like if you want, usually in a restaurant, you get five glasses per bottle. Okay. So at least five people. I uh, try a bunch of different wines. And the best thing to do is like try the same type. So if you're like, okay, we're going to drink pinot noir everyone bring a pinot noir cool and like set a price range like so if it's 20 bucks a bottle like you can bring two for 10 or or whatever but usually six like 15 to 18 in the vintages selection if you look through their list uh buy some wines and like uh and we can put together up like a list of like suggestions some things to check out Mm -hmm. yeah i think that'd be really cool um i think italian whites uh look for a crisp italian white uh, between fifteen to eighteen dollars, there's usually some of those. Cool. Um, Gruner Veltliner from Austria. Uh, that's a good one, like an Austrian white. Uh, but those can be pricey, like twenty-two bucks. Um, yeah, I think bankrupt countries are always great. Spain, <laughs> Italy, Greece, like. Shout out bankrupt countries for making yeah, yeah. great affordable <laughs> wine. So like their their days. You know, their culture is more about life and spending it well versus like maximizing profit margins. So we'll put some suggestions in because I think that's great. And a part of me like wants to develop taste. I think having a little taste is sexy. I think it brings a lot of like cool romanticism to like basic areas of life that are otherwise kind of a little bit mundane. Um, so, and like, okay, wine prices. So when the guy, when you're at the restaurant, this is a question I have, cause I go to fancy restaurants occasionally trying to press someone, you know, and maybe we order the 40, $50 wine or the $60 wine. Cause the cocksucker recommended it. <laughs> and, um, and he brings it over and he, he offers it to me. Like, I know what the fuck I'm doing. Okay. So this do do? is, this is what we were talking about, right? Okay, like yeah. how not to look like an idiot. How not to look like an idiot. So there's a couple uh it's it's kind of a visual thing but you uh swirl the wine in the glass because it releases aromas for two to three seconds okay step one swirl the wine he's poured it swirl so it. swirl it in a start with a, a big loop and then spin it in quickly um just i don't know just google how to yeah. do it properly because i've i've seen 40 50 year olds do it in such a weird way that I know they don't know what's going on and it's an uncomfortable situation. They're just trying to make it look like they know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. They like just do it in a way that's so unnatural that I just like it's an un- so, I've I've started to just show people. Like that'd let's be break nice. down that yeah. like here's how you swirl it. And like I you know but but if you saw twenty if you saw twenty five year old in there and he did a big swirl and a little swirl like if you gave the 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 general enough that you, you're not trying too hard but you clearly have a basic understanding of what you're trying to accomplish with that the swirling is addictive once you start swirling it you see it people do it all the time 
Um, it's sort of like a subconscious thing, but you swirl it to get aromas. It releases for two to three seconds. Uh, you sniff kind of like a, like a dog sniffs with like quick sniffs. I got you. Um, to Instead of one long one. Um, and basically what you're looking for is if it smells like a wet dog or wet cardboard. It's gone sour. It's bad. It's, it's, uh, it's the cork um, that it's a scientific compound that gets released when it's wet. And it smells like that. Interesting. So that's, that's what you're looking for. Cork is a living like, ingredient, usually, if it's real cork. So one in one in eight used to be the number that would be bad. Really? So so you're really smelling that wine at the beginning, not to not mainly to see if you like the wine. It's to see if it's gone a little bad. That's the number one uh, thing that people think is that they are trying to see if they like it, and that's incorrect. The work you do to see if you're gonna like it is the conversation you have before you open it. Yeah, it's not like you can take that sip and be like, "Well, you can." If you're, if you're, my, my, I mean, my philosophy has always been like, I don't want you to struggle through something you're not enjoying. Mm-hmm. But that's a service thing. That's not the whole point. That's a hospitality. Of, yeah, thing. that's not the whole point of that. The point is you're smelling to see if it's technically sound, um, and then you swirl it in your mouth, and there's five sensor zones on your tongue, so like you know you some zones are sour some zones are sweet some zones are umami uh salty so you want to swish it like I like a, the, <laughs> like a mouthwash umami i've never umami, heard yeah, that i don't know what that is either umami is um sort of it, it was developed from the asian uh cuisine and it's like sort of texture cool um so you swirl it around your mouth do a bit of a mouthwash whatever you want to do uh but you have to make sure it's uh, interacting with the whole all of the wine is interacting with all of the tongue so that you're so you're getting into those five regions yeah and so you're you're really like figuring it out and then you do a backwards whistle so you suck in through your mouth because you, you smell is do you remember when you were a kid i don't know i did plug your and, nose yeah plug your nose if you're eating something that and you like, can't taste yeah so smell is, taste is 90 percent smell so you want to uh, sort of have it percolate through the back of your mouth, which is that uh, connection to your nose. And so that's what you're tasting as well. So you do that and then uh, you swallow. Now, usually you want a long finish. Most people are like, I don't like a finish or whatever. Um, uh, that's sort of a development of palate or, or, or whatever you're looking for. Uh, and so that's that's the process. What's like, a long finish? Sorry, <laughs> a, a long finish like an aftertaste. Oh, so you're yeah. looking for it to last a while in your mouth? And well, then, yeah, if if it's a good flavor, you want it to last long. And and if it has a short finish, it's not a great wine. So the tasting, this is no longer to do with the wet dog. Is it okay? That's just you actually making sure you picked a good wine. Or? That's that's you sort of savoring in and sinking in to the experience of the, of the wine. And then what do you say to the guy? If you like it or you don't oh, like it? So um, so for me, I don't taste it. I just smell it. Okay. And then we're good. And pour. Okay. But now, then, I got you. A That's lot of people you... are like, oh, we trust you. And I'm like, it's not about trusting me. I didn't make the wine. I didn't, I didn't bottle it. Yeah. I didn't. You don't know if it's bad did, or not. Like, the, I, I basically, you feel uncomfortable with this scenario. That's fine cool yeah but i mean if you go somewhere where there's a sommelier like actually or someone who cares about wine that's working there which you're starting to see more and more they should be trying it so like true there's this 
from your dad's generation, my dad's generation, they're like, I'm not paying you to drink my wine, son. And you're like, well, actually you are because so many times people drink bad wine. They don't know it. (laughs) And it's not necessarily obvious. It's just like, it's not, it doesn't have the qualities that the wine That they paid for, yeah. Yeah, that it normally does. So you want someone else to try it. So for you, I would just recommend that they like get the person who knows about wine and they should try it. That'd be so badass. You're at the date and you know enough to be like, actually, I'd like the Somalia to try it. And then they're like, this guy knows. <laughs> Who so, did you talk? You talked to Johnny Drinks? Yeah. Like, honestly, like showing humility is is a great thing for everyone. Like, just like, I don't, you know, I don't know everything about wine. I know more than you guys know, but there's a ton of people that would know way more than I do. And like, just just be honest. Like, I don't know. I think we're past that that genre or like that era of where you just try and there's certain times you fake it when till you make it and there's other things just like where it's it's more beneficial to be open so if i came into the restaurant and i was sitting there and we're looking at the wine menu and i had a basic idea of some things that i wanted and i'm talking to the the somali and i'm going hey listen i'm looking for a wine in this price range from this kind of region can you direct me to the that's a lot better than being like tell me a wine bitch you know what i mean like (laughs) i'm looking for a wine in this price range from this region i've heard a lot about i kind of want to try it what what wine in that area would you recommend that narrows it down for him and then he's a sniper he's an absolute sniper then he brings it on over and you go smell that for me dude like (laughs) and to be honest there's a lot more women in uh working as sommeliers or or in the wine industry too so not right. to be discounted guy or girl i'm just saying i've never met one but you're you're you in the industry you're saying there's a lot more but i'm the first sommelier you've ever met i uh, know i've met many dude i have like <laughs> 20 friends that are small first sommelier i've ever met yeah, yeah. no I, I don't know who like there's they're not wearing a badge at the restaurant so i don't know if i'm talking some of them are oh <laughs> there's, there's a pin that you can wear but usually uh most don't so also something to think about we were talking about like how to have some drinks at home, right? Yeah, craft cocktails. Craft cocktails are, are big. They're uh, making a comeback, eh? So yeah, they so the cocktail started in the 1800s, and there was uh, I was like I liked history in, in school, and the history alcohol is like tightly ingrained with like history, going back to Romans and whatever Julius Caesar. But even like um, Thomas, Thomas, Je- Thomas Jefferson was a massive wine guy. And he, before he was president, he spent time in France as like, uh, well, I don't know, like consulate and was touring around like Bordeaux in the 1700s, 1800s. Just like, yeah, this was my favorite house, Chateau Margaux, like all these things. Um, and the cocktails started in the early 1800s like new york like gangs of new york you guys have seen that movie and it's like a shit show right the water situation was not very good so you could get it was healthier for you to drink booze than it was for you to drink water booze with no ice and so diets weren't very great so uh have you ever had a sour a whiskey sour or whatever yeah so usually when you have them, it's like bar lime, like some shitty shit. Yeah. But the way it's supposed to be made is with um, lime juice and an egg white. And so the egg white is your protein and it adds texture and fluffiness and this and the lime juice is for scurvy. 
So so the, it had a oh, purpose. Wow. It had a purpose. Yeah, it was just crazy. So um, getting a getting a sour, you can get a whiskey sour, you can get a gin sour, you can get pisco sour from Chile. And we've made those, yeah. Um, yeah, at one event we were working, those yeah. were good. And you get them with an egg white, and like ask a bartender for that. It's super easy. It's fresh. It's like super crushable. A proper margarita. A proper daiquiri. I fucking love Honestly, proper margaritas. If you ask, if you go to a cocktail bar and ask for a daiquiri, that's like the bartender way to decipher. Like when bar, when bartenders go to other bars, they ask for a daiquiri to see if they can make it properly. Oh, yeah. to see if they're the real deal or not. Yeah, you know that's what? That's the heat check. I was I was reading this book. I got this book recently. Um, it's called Death and Co. You yeah, know that? Death and Co. book is so dope. Yeah, so I was reading through it, and they were talking. Uh, I was reading about the daiquiri section, about how each of the bartenders there they make their own daiquiri because that's kind of their own special thing yeah. that they do, right? It's so crushed. Daiquiri is like, come on, and tiki drinks are my jam. Like <laughs> a little bit sweet, citrusy, like rum. Yeah, like what that's are great. so? What are some good spots in the city if you want to go get some cocktails? What are some There's of your so favorite many spots? great spots in the city. We are like ripe with great cocktail drinks. <laughs> ripe, um, like they're they're everywhere. There's uh, I like to go to um, uh, I like to go to Dialo. I like to go to um, the Pineapple Bar on on uh, Bloor, Bloor and Ossington. I like to go to, um, I don't know, there's like Have you ever been to Bar tons. Chef? I've been to Bar Chef a couple times. They make some wild drinks there. I've been there. to Bar Raval as well, um, Bar Isabel, El Rey, if you like uh, Mezcal. El Rey, that's the one uh, Eli keeps talking about. It's in his Kensington. Buddy's his buddy's place, sorry? His buddy's place, yeah. Yeah. Well, what I'm thinking is, you know what, like, we've covered a lot. I think we covered, like, the your career and kind of life and some good philosophies there, as well as, like, answered some basic questions about finding a good wine, how to handle the restaurant and stuff. But I think it'd be really cool to have you back and do, like, a kind of live action, make some cocktails choose some stuff like maybe even do one of those wine wednesdays and see how we can like i think there's a live action thing we can do with this this bromalier totally uh, connection if, if, if we if we do this i don't on even like know if he likes that term i just keep <laughs> saying it he keeps shaking his head on like a, on like a saturday afternoon or something you know we, we did something like this yeah. as well and made a made a whole bunch of cocktails and i think that'd be a, a bunch of drinks i think that'd be super fun yeah let's let's do it and let's bring back some like uh some varied people like some some people who have some interest and some people who don't yeah, know get what a the group fuck's going up. yeah It'd be super fun For, oh, another thing as well you were talking about you're going to uh expand on some stuff that you can have at home oh some, yeah some so, ingredients that you have to make yourself so uh, i think hospitality is something that I, I grew up uh pretty like when my dad had people over when my mom had people over there was like boom stuff going on charcuteries right? yeah well whatever it is right <laughs> so i always had like some wines i like i've like 10 cases of wine at home and most of that stuff that i like it's not everyday drinking but i would keep like a uh like chilean sauvignon blanc you can get a magnum of that for like 15 bucks uh 20 bucks in the lcbo keep that in the fridge so like when people come over after after the bar or like some spawn thing happens uh you don't want to be drinking red wine at two in the morning or one in the morning you want some like fresh white 
uh, Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, keep like um, some Alberta Springs whiskey is is pretty tasty for like thirty bucks. It is pretty good. That's the one that we had when we were in California. Remember we went to that one gas station and we got it, it was like ten bucks. Yeah. For that huge bottle. It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, surprisingly good. Their Crown Royale is like really expensive down there. Sure. Um so we were looking anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um so you know, you want to try something a little bit different. It's sort of like rye slash bourbon. It's got a lot of oak in it. Um I think gin is good, but like just have like some not like total shit stuff, but have some stuff there. Uh, the and there's also um, what's your gin reco? Sorry, real quick, because I like gin. Gin? Yeah. What's a good value gin at the LCBO or or like one that you're liking these days? Uh, I mean Ryan Reynolds just bought Aviation Gin. You mean Rye Guy, my my main man, yeah. favorite? No, 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 Ryan Reynolds. No, I know Ryan, Ryan Reynolds is on the list. It's it's Ryan Gosling, DiCaprio, and Ryan Reynolds in that order. Anyway, go on. So that's like a that's a Portland like hipster gin. What was it called again? Sorry, aviation. Cool, and I yeah. And they have that in the LCBO. Yeah, can't can't wait also, to buy that. How much? Yeah. A, how much? Tank Ray is a great one. Uh, Bombay ends up being really junipery, but uh, I would go with the Tank Ray. Aviation. Uh, oh, sold. brokers. It's got I a do little, like brokers. It's got yeah. a little like top hat. hat. Yeah, yeah. Um, you should get that. Uni. So that's the, I would I would go with that. Uh, Tequila is great, but. Um, if you're gonna get something, you can get 100% agave Cuervo. That's like I don't know, 32 bucks. Esplon was like 35 bucks. But honestly, um, I am big on aperitivos, so like low alcohol stuff, like uh, vermouths and uh, really? Campari, Aperol, yeah. and Aperol spritz. It's good uh, to have on hand to mix in yeah. drinks and stuff, right? Some Aperol, some grapefruit soda, uh, and then you just pour that in with like a bit of juice and. Like really, you just need something to keep the vibe going. But yeah. like, you start pounding drinks. Uh, every drink that I have after two thirty is like exponentially regretful the next day. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I always like like don't hesitate in giving people water, but you got to have some snacks too. So like, what whatever it is that's like, I don't know, just like. Maybe some uh, what are those hot dogs and a hot dogs and uh, pigs in a blanket? Pigs in a blanket, come on! Hot pockets. So pigs in a blanket, I think, are the elegant, dope, easy, like crushable thing. Where you're like, oh, that's kind of impressive. Like <laughs> it's not craft dinner, but also well, craft dinner late night is. I really want those. You know, <laughs> if you had if you had pigs in a blanket and craft dinner. With like a nice Dijon mustard. Ooh, oh, on the on the on the pigs. Gotta have some sauce. Gotta have some a sauce. Bit of sauce in there, yeah. Throw it to my boy Harley Morenstein. Harley, what good baby? What it does, homie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think this is great because I just yeah I, I'm down to start to have a little bit more culture. There's also a sparkling wine that I recommend. It's uh, from it's called Hungaria from Hung Hungary. It's I like wonder where Hungary is from. It's thirteen bucks, <laughs> um, and it's and it's good. It's it's a proper champagne method production. Okay, so we're gonna when cool. we listen back, we're gonna try to compile a lot of these. But also, uh, maybe it's maybe it's something where like uh, you send some things over. Some when when cool things are happening. Oh, this is a cool uh, cocktail. Yeah, for sure. Um, That'd be great. We'll get some posts and also follow at Johnny Drinks J O N N Y Drinks, or even uh, if you put together. Maybe a small list of cocktails, like some of your cocktail recipes or 
Sounds good. We, we can throw that up with... Uh, we'll link it up. How to how to live better in your 20s. Yeah, I think living with a little bit of taste, I don't think anything bad comes from it. It's a maturing. Um, it's time for me to get out of the dark ages, all right? I mean, there's nights for partying at the underground and crushing PBRs. Yeah, oh yeah. And doing Jaeger shots. I'll never go out of like, that. Go to, the, go to 416 Snack Bar and get a, an old-fashioned. But I want to appreciate it because I'll do that. I'll go to the, I'll go to 416 Snack Bar or I'll go to Soho and get some cool drinks and I'll sit there and not appreciate it it's like if you go if you're going to the soho house then you should just tell him to make you a fucking drink yeah and you just say i want spirit forward i want it some citrus or like or just tell him to like can you give me the categories and i'll i'll pick yeah maybe i'll ask for a daiquiri i'll take spirit <laughs> forward for 300 please alex no yeah cause, but it's like one of those problems where like this lack of culture and palate affects so many things like I am unmoved by dance or ballet or like theater. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like I'll watch dance and I'll be like, I'll completely so the unmoved. Thing that, the, <laughs> the thing that I, like, you know, in my twenties is, uh, what's that Timberlake and Jay-Z song where they're black and white? Yeah. Suit and tie. So, yeah, that's suit the one. and tie. Yeah. So I put it on my suit So like and tie. you get dressed up, you drink some champagne, like actual champagne. That's the other thing. I, that's one of my two things is that you can't, call something that's not from champagne champagne like prosecco is prosecco cava is cava sparkling is sparkling just call it all sparkling but champagne it's from champagne region in france so, so what's dope. the other thing um uh actually it used to be that i only like uh french rosé but the rosé game has stepped up in other countries so i like that so now it's just my one thing <laughs> <laughs> we're getting oh, there actually you know what my other thing is you hold uh hold a wine glass by the stem or the base not by the I, what i like to do is okay. i like to put my not hand the in the hole oh, and expand it and hold it from the inside that's the claw that's the, that's like the, yeah that's no, it's the inverted claw it's i actually go inside the wine so my fingertips are Trav, in the wine we gotta get you to stop being such a joker <laughs> <laughs> no culture i'll never grow out of the joking but i'm hoping to the more you learn about something the more you appreciate it. it's the same reason why i don't appreciate dance or some sports like cricket is because i just don't know it right so you look at it and, and it just doesn't make sense to you the, the technicality and i think the more you start to pay attention to wines and drinks and food and dance or whatever and fashion you you develop an appreciation it becomes more enjoyable and you get that next level of enjoyment out of life that i think a lot of 20 year olds are glazing over yeah, yeah that's and, well said yeah i mean it's a it's a good uh, it's a good thing to explore. It's one of those things that the to learn more you got to drink more, and so it's it's way it's more fun. interesting. You can always drink more. <laughs> you can always yeah. drink more. <laughs> yeah, it it does, it does make you feel a little less bad about drinking Esplon. Um, but man, I think that was like that was great. I, I don't think there's anything we didn't cover. Um, is there anything you wanted to kind of throw out there? Yeah. Do you have any last minute tips? For, uh, uh, or? I don't know. I, I mean, I would say uh, always, always be respectful to the bartenders and the people uh, serving you. I agree. Um, because uh, you know, when we get drunk and whatever, uh, but just always respect that people have a job and uh, and always ask questions. Like, like you can just learn so much more from engaging in a conversation with someone who's behind the bar or uh is is helping you with the wine and it's it's great to do a lot of research when you don't have to like not at a restaurant so just get a group together and and like we're gonna learn about 
uh, Pinot Noirs today, and we're gonna dry like everyone bring a bottle over and we'll have some fun. Yeah, like it. It sounds kind of dust a little bit when you when you first think about it, like book clubs or like wine clubs. But I bet you, if you ever did a book club or a wine club, you'd have a fucking time. You'd have a blast. Yeah. absolutely. Let's get wasted on a Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. Try a bunch and most of wines. Of the people and become it's a little like bit more cultured. Thing. It's like a uh, book club is also a wine club. Yeah, right. <laughs> I wonder if there's we could do some sort of yeah, um, too many jams wine book club for like self help. Maybe like a podcast wine and book club. Um, good ideas there, but dude, thanks so much for giving us like a couple hours of your time here on a on a Sunday, and I, I hope like we can do something cool um, in the Moving future. Forward, yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. For sure. Yeah. Thanks, we'll have to dude. do a, 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 an FAQ, a question answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he wanted us to set up some like phone ins, and I'm like, what do you think we're running here? Like, this isn't a fucking <laughs> like, like Kiss 92.5 radio show. We don't have that kind of tech going yet. Oh, hi, yet. my name is uh, Bob, and I, uh, I, I really Bobette. like uh, vodka, and I'm just wondering if uh, I should drink it with something else. And you're like, yeah, like. We don't have that tech yet, but Bob was a really bad choice Bob for sounds that voice. Underage. Yeah, Bob sounds like a child. Um, oh yeah, so uh, you have to be 18 years older to consume this. Uh, 19 years of age or older to consume this podcast. Yeah, okay. are people in Quebec actually listening to this? No, but we have. Well, maybe actually, it only tells us the it's country. Weird. We have people listening in Ecuador. Yeah, so shout, shout out, out Ecuador. to Ecuador. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have some, some and, Aguardiente and, and Japan and the UK. Shout out to Japan. Watch the uh, documentary The Cove. Just check where your blubber's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that. We're I pretty much that worldwide. China. I thought that was China. No, uh, it's in uh, um, Taiji. I just watched it yesterday. Um, yeah, shout out. Where else? Where else? Um, shout out states. Yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> shout out states. Canadians. <laughs> Fuck <less>. Canadians. <laughs> um, no, I think that was great. And thanks so much and we will see you next next, next Tuesday. Tuesday well not you Jonathan like pressed pressed <laughs> <laughs>